Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. Welcome to Channel 127. I'm John Fugelsang with yet another day of history coming at you. For the next three hours, we want to hear from you. Oh boy, today's the day. 866-997-4748. Hey, thanks to the great Nayira Hawk. And everyone on Dean's show for being such a great live lead-in. Boy, what a pleasure that is. For the next three hours, we're coming at you with facts, with empathy, with something approaching comedy and entertainment. We will bring you to the verge of being amused. Hello to our evil army of the night. We want to hear from you. It's a big one today. We've waited a long time for this. Unlike other indictments, this is shit that we saw on TV when it happened. Also, hello to our uh, daywalkers, everyone who listens on the podcast, on the app, on the, the on demand. Hi, guys. We want to hear from you as well. You can always call us any evening, and uh, we love getting your emails and tweets and all that fun stuff. Chris Hauseltz, our executive producer, he runs this entire operation from somewhere down in South Carolina. He won't tell us where Thea Harper is producing this show out of Brooklyn. She won't tell me where. There's several restraining orders. I really should stop asking about it. And we have quite a show tonight and terrific guests to help us make sense of it all. Dr. Tracy Pearson will be here in hour number three to talk all about Jack Smith and everything he's up to. Aaliyah Wright is going to be here. She's the National Rural Issues Reporter at Capital B News, which is this great black-led local and national news nonprofit. And there's an incredible story out of New Bern, Alabama, you might have already heard, where it's a level of harassment we've never before heard of in America. The town's first black mayor, who was elected to be the mayor, has now filed a federal civil rights suit because the white leaders are not letting him actually show up and do the job. They're just doing it right out in the open in this century. Let's do a show. Breaking news for the first time in history. A president has been indicted for the third time. It's kind of hard to keep track. I mean, what to indict when you're indicting. This is this is not the first time a president's been indicted, but it is the first president to be indicted for a third time. Friends, one year ago. Do you remember what you were doing? We were watching the most disturbing summer reality show miniseries in history. 
the January 6th hearings. A lot of villains, a lot of heroes, a lot of people needed to watch that show, and they never got around to it. So today, after hundreds of witness interviews were turned over to the Department of Justice, the grand jury has handed down an indictment in special counsel Jack Smith's investigation of former President Donald Trump and his insurrectionist Republican allies' attempts to overturn America's election in 2020. Donald Trump has now been indicted on four new counts involved with trying to overturn the 2020 election by special counsel Jack Smith. And there's a lot to unpack. Not the first time we've seen a president indicted. No, Donald Trump's done that a few times already. But it's the first time in history a president's been indicted for felonies committed while he was president. And it's from the same first president to be impeached twice. Yeah, 45 pages, this indictment. Nice touch. Jack Smith, 45. I see you, bro. Um, It lays out in brutal detail how Donald Trump knew he was spreading lies about fraud, how he convened false slates of electors to commit fraud, and how he attempted to block the certification of America's election on January 6th. Here's a, a first part of Jack Smith's remarks where he announces the charges against Trump. Today, an indictment was unsealed charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. Indictment says Trump illegally tried to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 presidential election by using knowingly false claims of election fraud. That's key. And that's what the commission showed us a year ago. Ample evidence that Trump knew he was lying to obstruct the federal government function by which those results are collected, counted, and certified. The charges are conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of and attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. Because, hey, he tried to throw your vote out. Now, the prosecutor said for two months after his election loss, Trump deliberately spread lies to create, quote, an intense national atmosphere of mistrust and anger and erode public faith in the administration of the election. They cited the example in Georgia where Trump was claiming more than 10,000 dead people voted in four days, even after the state's top election officials told him and they told him on tape that it wasn't true. His third indictment in four months. And the indictment opens with a very clear statement. I'm going to quote you from the introduction, the first line. You ready for this? One, the defendant, Donald J. Trump, was the 45th president of the United States and a candidate for re-election in 2020. The defendant lost the 2020 presidential election. And the charges pretty much accused Donald Trump of trying to deprive people of their civil rights provided by federal law. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Really interesting. I know, right? Already, it's delightful. But this indictment lists six co-conspirators, but does not say who they are. Four attorneys, a Justice Department official, and a political consultant. Now, four of the six alleged co-conspirators are attorneys. And based on the context, they appear to be Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, Jeffrey Clark, and Ken Cheesebro. I mean, think about it. Co-conspirator number one, it says, an attorney who was willing to spread knowingly false claims and pursue strategies that the defendant's 2020 re-election campaign attorneys would not. Who does that sound like? Caitlin Collins already wrote that that's likely Giuliani. Co-conspirator number two, think about this one, an attorney 
who devised and attempted to implement a strategy to leverage the vice president's ceremonial role overseeing certification proceeding to obstruct the certification of the presidential election. Kyle Cheney of Politico says that's John Eastman. I agree. He was in the group of lawyers plotting the schemes with these fake electors and the other ploys to help Donald Trump steal this election. So so what does it mean that Jack Smith listed six high-profile Trump co-conspirators in the indictment but didn't charge them and didn't reveal their names? What do you think it reveals? It means they're being squeezed. They're trying to get any of these six to flip on Donald Trump. And if they don't, they'll be indicted within the next few days. And here's the beautiful part of this. Donald Trump's people are already saying, Trump didn't know. He didn't know. He was just listening to his advisors. He's literally telling these six people, including four of his lawyers, he's going to blame them. Rudy, he's going to blame you. Are you going to let him do it? Here's more of uh, Jack Smith, part two, reflecting on the attack of January 6th and describing its origins in the actions of Donald Trump. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6th, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. They are patriots and they are the very best of us. They did not just defend a building or the people sheltering in it. They put their lives in the line to defend who we are as a country and as a people. They defended the very institutions and principles that define the United States. Now, this case has been assigned to U.S. District Judge Tanya Chukan, who was appointed by Barack Obama. She is the only federal judge in all of D.C. to sentence January 6th defendants to ahem, longer prison terms than the U.S. government had requested. Merrick Garland made a statement. He said the investigation was the largest in our history. And Jack Smith said... Donald Trump tried to obstruct a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the certification of the presidential results. Now, they're trying to say, look, Donald Trump was just expressing his doubts. You're going to hear this a lot on right wing. He can't. What? The president now doesn't have freedom of speech. He can't cast doubts on the whole. No, idiots. He can. He's allowed to say whatever he wants. It's not a free speech crime. Jack Smith makes it clear right at the beginning of the indictment that Donald Trump's statements are not the alleged crimes. The crime was his effort to disenfranchise voters of the United States. And this is not like the Manhattan case or the classified documents case in Florida. This indictment was brought by a special counsel who was appointed by Attorney General Merrick Garland after the House Select Committee on the January 6th attack wrapped up their investigation last summer. My God, remember last summer? Every day I was talking about that thing. Whew. That committee made four criminal referrals. Obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy to defraud. It's, it's very similar. Dave Ashelman's a listener. He just wrote to us, Trump now has more indictments than John Gotti, Manuel Noriega, Charles Manson, Al Capone. They were all charged with multiple counts, but all under less indictments than Trump. And by the way, in page 36, paragraph 97 of the indictment, we find out it was Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, who told the Secret Service that Mike Pence was in danger 
by both actions and words from Donald Trump on January 6th. I'm telling you, Meadows has already flipped. So Jack Smith reportedly still has January 6th testimony he's going to release later on this month. This, today was huge, but understand, today was just the first part of a rollout. Okay, there'll be more charges that'll come against Donald Trump. There will be. And there'll be more charges against his co-conspirators, and names will be named. Jack Smith spent a a really moving portion of the remarks to praise the Capitol Police for their defense of our institutions, like you heard. But in this one, he tells reporters, as part three, he hopes for a speedy trial. Since the attack on our Capitol, the Department of Justice has remained committed to ensuring accountability for those criminally responsible for what happened that day. This case is brought consistent with that commitment, and our investigation of other individuals continues. In this case... My office will seek a speedy trial so that our evidence can be tested in court and judged by a jury of citizens. Trump flipped out. Uh, He released a statement on Filth Social saying, I hear that deranged Jack Smith, in order to interfere with the presidential election of 2024, will be putting out another fake indictment of your favorite president, me, at 5 p.m. Why didn't they do this 2.5 years ago? Why did they wait so long? They wanted to put it right in the middle of my campaign. Prosecutorial misconduct. And then... To be classy, don't forget, this is Nick Fuentes here, uh, Nick Fuentes' bro. The lawlessness of these persecutions of President Trump and his supporters is reminiscent of Nazi Germany in the 1930s. Yeah, that's exactly what the Nazis did, was hold rich people accountable for their crimes. In reality, there's a mountain of evidence proving Trump repeatedly broke the law. We learned it last summer. Congress had hearings. They turned it over to the DOJ. Jack Smith found more. This didn't happen two and a half years ago because criminal investigations take time. And all the usual suspects began to flip out and start trying to work the mob, saying that Jack Smith's special counsel should be defunded. You know, Marge Green, Matt Gates, all those heroes. Ron DeSantis tried to capitalize on this, um, but not by going after Trump because he's, you know, a spineless chicken shit. Instead, DeSantis condemned the indictment. Okay, that's really going to make Trump's supporters run over to you. Um, Asa Hutchinson, Asa, eighth place up, former governor of Arkansas. He's like the only one. He called for Trump to drop out of the race. The latest indictment reaffirms my earlier call that Donald Trump should step away from the campaign for the good of the country. And the show you're listening to right now is the only show in all of American broadcast media that is telling you what Asa Hutchinson thinks about this. Now, they're all saying the same thing on the right. It's a political prosecution. And it's not. There's no evidence it is. There is evidence that Donald Trump broke the law. That's all you have to say when your coworker tries to get in a fight with you. Just evidence that Trump broke the law. It's in the indictment. Here's Jack Smith in closing. As with the last round of indictments, Jack Smith underlines Donald Trump's right to be seen as innocent until proven guilty. In the meantime, I must emphasize that the indictment is only an allegation and that the defendant must be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, in a court of law. I would like to thank the members of the Federal Bureau of Investigation who are working on this investigation with my office, as well as the many career prosecutors and law enforcement agents from around the country who have worked on previous January 6th investigations. These women and men are public servants of the very highest order, and it is a privilege to work alongside them. Thank you. Okay, so here we go. Ready? In 62 days, Donald Trump's uh, Trump org civil fraud suit begins. 
In 167 days, the next phase of the E. Jean Carroll defamation suit begins. In 181 days, the pyramid scheme class action suit against Trump and his kids for stuff they did on Celebrity Apprentice begins. In 237 days, that's March 25th, the New York State criminal hush money suit begins. That's in Manhattan. 34 criminal counts. He faces 136 years in jail. In 293 days, that's May 20th, the classified documents federal case begins. 37 criminal counts. He faces 400 years in jail. With a superseding indictment of former criminal counts from last week, it adds a potential 50 more years in jail. And in 348 days, brothers and sisters, the Republican National Convention begins July 15th, where they will most likely try to nominate a convicted felon. And they will most likely see the first contested convention of our lifetime. And by the way, uh, the Attorney General of Georgia has been investigating Trump and his allies' alleged attempts to overturn the 2020 election results. Those are on tape. We will be hearing charging decisions there later this month. This new charge from Jack Smith, uh, four criminal counts, 55 years. So, in the end, stay sane. Don't get gaslit. You're going to be hearing a lot from the right wing, and you're going to be hearing a lot from the corporate media. The right wing is going to scream about Hunter Biden and Hillary's emails and lock her up and Pelosi and Soros and wokeness and Disney World and trans kids want to play sports and Target and uh, critical race theory and Benghazi and Barbie. They're going to scream and scream and scream. They're not going to pay attention to the evidence. They're going to try and talk about the Biden crime family. They're going to try to indict Hunter Biden and bring in more witnesses. They'll blow up in their face. Don't let it make you insane. They're doing what they have to do. They can't run on the issues. They just can't. The American people aren't on their side. And by the way, as soon as this was done today, right away, Trump's team sent out a fundraising email reading, their only hope is to try and send me to jail for the rest of my life. Even after three indictments, I will continue to stand in their way because the fate of our nation hangs in the balance of the 2024 election. Funny thing about that. You know how much Donald Trump has already spent in the first half of this year on 2024? 57 million, 57 million dollars. They've only taken in 53 million dollars. They've spent 57 million dollars. You're like, wait a second. I haven't seen any commercials yet for Donald Trump. That's because most of the expenses of the 57 million dollars spent had nothing to do with the campaign. They were legal fees. He did a legal fundraising email right away to get the suckers to pay for his lawyers. That's how it's working. When you donate to MAGA, when you donate to Save America PAC, your money's not going to help the campaign. It's not going for signs or for volunteers or campaign. It's going to pay lawyers for Trump's crimes. You sucker. You suckers. Donald Trump's right, though. The fate of our nation does hang in the balance. But it's the difference between democracy and this revoltingly fake Christianity fascism the Republican Party is being dragged into. And yes, the media is going to try to freak you out by talking about, oh, Biden and Trump are in a hypothetical New York Times and Siena College. Forty three percent among the 27 people we talked to, the media's backsliding to their old addiction. You know what their addiction is? Huffing Trump fumes behind a shed. You're going to see more of these polls because the media needs you scared. Republicans want you scared. This is media ratings time. But remember, every Republican presidential candidate who is not under indictment is losing. And Donald Trump's been summoned to appear before the federal magistrate judge on Thursday in D.C. He'll be arraigned at the D.C. District Court before Magistrate Judge Mozilla Al-Ubadiah. He will appear at 4 p.m. this Thursday at the courthouse. The beat goes on we want to know what you guys think i think this is a big one 
I mean, Alvin Bragg, sure, that was a historic first. And the documents case, of course, we're following that nonstop. It's huge. But these are crimes we saw on TV. You saw police get the crap kicked out of them by men carrying Confederate flags. It was terrorism, not an insurrection, not a riot. It was terrorism, violence or the threat of violence to enact policy change. 866-997-4748. Trucker Blake is calling from Indiana. Hello, Blake. Welcome. Hey, John. It's time to celebrate. <laughs> Listen, you okay, know, to me, um, I, thanks for the horn. I can't celebrate until he and Rudy turn on each other. That's, that's it for me. I'm waiting for that day. Okay, so we know the first five co-conspirators are all lawyers. Yes, okay. for a four. Four lawyers. Uh, well, you, uh, the Kraken lady. Yes, Sidney Powell is one of them. Okay. And I've heard rumors that Jason Miller might be one of them, too. Go ahead. I have theories on who number six is. Okay. Who do you think? Yeah. Now, you you might think, okay, maybe Roger Stone, maybe Steve Bannon. No, not not those two guys. Even though they probably could be implemented, but no. Um, Okay. This is what I'm thinking, is that it's, it's either the guy... Who would fill in for the vice president when he's gone? So that would be Grassley from Iowa. Oh, I don't think. No, no. Is this for co-conspirator six? Yes, because like I said, he he would have to be in the know. Yeah, in order no. This, to they, they've said that it's the a. Election. They've said it. They, they've said it's a political consultant. That's what they've said. So I mean, that's why people are thinking Roger Stone or Steve Bannon or okay. Hannity okay. Or, or, okay. or Jason Miller. But yeah, not okay. an elected my option official. Number, my option number two is then it has to be probably the my crack pillow guy. <laughs> Maybe I kind of think he's small potatoes. He was just a guy that went up in front of cameras. They're going for people who went yeah, up in front he, of judges. He, but he's the one who had his phone seized. Remember? Ah, uh, you're right. What do you think of the odds that Mike Lindell throws everybody over the bus? <laughs> well, he's already liquidating his whole uh, his pillow industry, you know. So, you know, he's, he's closing up shop to, to go behind bars, I guess. I don't know. Regrouping, like the DeSantis campaign calls it. We'll see. It's going to be very interesting putting some names to this. And it's very interesting that they released the, the descriptions of these individuals, but not their names, because that's putting the squeeze on all of them. And it's giving all of them a couple of days to decide if they want their names to come public with indictments or if they want to cooperate. Uh, I think Sidney Powell's a pretty safe bet. We'll see. All right, John. Take Bye. care. I mean, I don't think any of these people would go to jail for Trump, especially Giuliani. Do you think Giuliani would go to prison for Trump? I don't see it. Uh, let me go to, if I may, to Rich in Indiana. Rich, thank you for your patience on hold. Welcome. No worries, dude. Thanks. I wanted to offer a, uh, a popular culture uh, slide in here uh, wherein it's, it's I, I can just see a memo from Turner uh, <laughs> being, spoke, being spoken. And so there's, there's Rudy or, or somebody, you know, in, in that role as, as Turner. So be careful who you say you are and keep your noses clean. <laughs> I think maybe twelve people are going to get this. Re- twelve people are going to get this reference. That's the song Mick Jagger sang, right? In in uh, in performance. Yeah. In, wow. In performance. So yeah. be strong as a beast. You gentlemen, you all work for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's it, right? I mean, we're going to see. I, they've got a couple days to yeah. decide, do I want Donald Trump to pay my legal fees while he's also blaming me for giving him bad advice? Or do I want to go to Jack yeah. Smith and tell him what I know? This whole thing yeah. tonight, it's just getting warmed up. This is going to be the big one. The turn of phrase, criminal solicitation to commit felony fraud, I think is something that fits here. I, I had that from like a year ago. Criminal it, solicitation yeah. to commit sure fraud. That's exactly what they were trying to do with Mike Pence. They were literally trying to persuade the vice president to do something he is not allowed to do, which is why Jack Smith specifically pointed out that the vice president's role is a a functional ceremonial role here. I mean, they got it. They have the evidence. And for everyone who's defending him now, let them go on the record for it, because this one's not going to age well. And their defenses of Trump will age like fine milk. (laughs) Yummy. (laughs) Thank you, Rich. Thank you so much. we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a moment with your calls at 866-997-4748. And I'm so excited to welcome Aaliyah right to the show with a story about injustice in rural America that I guarantee will shock you. If there was ever a story about racism that might make Republicans get angry, this could be it. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Progress. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey, everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. We're at 866-997-4748, taking your calls all the way until midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. on the Pacific. 
866-997-GRIT. We're getting to everyone's calls tonight. There's a lot to cover. Right now, however, uh, we had this interview planned long before the indictment news came down, and I'm so happy to stick with it because this is the kind of story that will remind you why you began caring about justice in the first place. Aaliyah Wright is the National Rural Issues Reporter for Capital B News, which is a dynamite black-led local and national news nonprofit organization I highly recommend. They report for black communities around the country. They're usually on top of big stories way before mainstream media is. And Ms. Wright recently returned from New Bern, Alabama, which is a rural community in Alabama's Black Belt region. Um, African-American residents make up 85% of the town of New Bern. And she was there writing an incredible story called A Black Man Was Elected Mayor in Rural Alabama, But... The white town leaders won't let him serve for Capital B News. It's a story of harassment where the town's first black mayor has filed a federal civil rights suit against the previous white leaders for conspiring to not let him actually do the job he was elected to because of his race. It's a great pleasure uh, to welcome Aaliyah Wright to Sirius XM. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you, and thank you so much for your reportage on this. This is a story that I I think will be major national news very soon, and in no small part due to your diligence on it. How did you first hear about what was going on in the rural town of Newburn? Yeah, um, you know, one of our missions at Capital B is to cover stories that often, you know, go untold and underserved by national and local media. And when we think about, you know, rule is often synonymous as white, working class, conservative. But we know across the rural American South in particular, uh, it's a place where black folks live, work. Um, and endure political and economic conditions that are not often in their favor. So this story, of course, was right up our alley. Um, I first learned initially of the story a freelance reporter based in Alabama, Lee Hedgepeth, had uh, wrote an initial report. And when I read his story, I was like, wait a minute, what? Um, and so I immediately began digging, first looking at the lawsuit um, to find, you know, contact information for folks. And so when I looked at that lawsuit, um, I knew I had to travel to New Bern, Alabama and hear from Patrick Braxton and and residents about what was going on. And so a few things stood out to me. One, as you mentioned, you know, New Bern, Alabama is a predominantly black rural town. It's super small, about a square mile long. And for as long as anyone could remember, there had never been an election. The position of mayor, you know, town council members had been passed down for generations to, you know, white people um, (laughs) for as long as folks could remember. And so some of the residents I had spoke to there spoke about how, you know, throughout this decade of uh, white leadership, they had never really addressed, you know, their concerns and and. For example, one of the reasons why Patrick Braxton um, decided to run for mayor in 2020 was the lack of response that he and other residents saw when it came to the COVID-19 pandemic. So, for example, uh, the the town had received federal, you know, COVID relief funds to ensure residents had, you know, masks and disinfectant, all of the things to help mitigate the virus. But the town leaders didn't distribute any of those um, products to residents. And so Mm. this was one of the straws where, you know, Patrick Braxton decided, you know what, I'm going to run. And so the next thing 
he does he you know figures out what he needs to do to qualify as a candidate he was the only person to submit the necessary paperwork to become mayor so none of the previous white town leaders including the mayor um Henry Woody Stokes yeah none of them submitted that paperwork and so as a result Patrick Braxton became the first black mayor of the town and as you also mentioned in the intro one of the more horrific things of this story is just the harassment and intimidation that Patrick Braxton says that you know he has experienced over the course of three years yes. um he has been locked out of town hall um he has he's a volunteer firefighter he has been locked out of the fire department he's had to fight fires alone um he's been denied access to the town's you know bank accounts and financial records as well as the town's mail at the post office and in the midst of you know all of this happening allegedly the former mayor um, and his council held a secret meeting where they adopted a resolution to basically conduct a special or hold a special election for October the 6th. And so at this meeting, residents say, you know, it wasn't publicized. No one knew about this. Uh, the previous town leaders decided to um, file their paperwork and then reappoint themselves as the new town council. So there was a lot of different things happening in the background once um, Patrick Braxton became mayor in 2020. I mean, I mean, I just want to unpack some of what you just laid on me, if that's okay, because it's easy to see why this gentleman, Mr. Braxton, he's 57 years old. He's a volunteer firefighter. You think, why why would this guy want to run for mayor like this? And when you read in your reporting about what he's endured, you talk about how two years ago he was the only volunteer firefighter in his entire department to respond to a fire near a black person's home in this town of 275 people. He's told stories about hearing emergency dispatch calls in one case for a black woman having a heart attack. And no one else on the fire department has gone there. And he says he's been to several house fires by himself because his fellow firefighters don't care and don't show up. It's easy to see how the the racism could inspire him to want to run for office. But I, I'm just confused. I understand they haven't actually had an election in 60 years in this town. But the mayor, Haywood Stokes, and they just they just reappointed themselves to their positions. I mean, they just he he won. <laughs> Mr. Braxton won the election for mayor and the existing mayor just said, nope, special election between us. We're saying no. That's just how they did it. Yeah, that's that's what it seems. And, uh, you know, one of the the challenges or I guess questions that will arise from the lawsuit, according to um, Patrick Braxton's attorney, is the timeline of whether, you know, it can be proven that they if they indeed had this alleged, you know, secret meeting uh, after the fact that um, Patrick Braxton had been declared mayor. But it's, you know, this example of basically undermining, um, you know, Patrick Braxton's authority at that point to become mayor, I think, speaks to uh history of a a long history of just you know resistance especially in the south when it comes to uh holding on or trying to maintain to white political power um and not allowing for you know any progress of black americans you know one of the things that residents said to me is that the previous white leadership 
to, in, in their actions make it seem like this predominantly black town can't govern themselves. They, exactly. they cannot decide on, you know, issues or how to, you know, move forward to, to, uh, you know, find ways to make their, you know, economy and town thrive. Um, and they also, you know, can't have the power to elect themselves. So the white, you know, leadership has just continued to disenfranchise, you know, black voters. They even, you know, I think of an instance where uh, Patrick Braxton told me when he did, you know, approach the former uh, white mayor, Woody Stokes, about his intent to run for office. And he mentioned, you know, an election and equipment, you know, the response was, well, we don't have uh, the equipment to run an ele- election. And I think, again, that speaks to uh, this attitude that is deeply ingrained um, in that community and, and just shows that they want to uphold, you know, this racial segregation and this white Absolutely. power. But but I mean, I and I, I get all of that. I, I just I, I the guy ran for mayor and was elected and they're just not letting him serve. What, what did Mr. Braxton say? Um, officials told him after the election when he first expected logically to serve the term the voters appointed him to what, did he get any kind of official response from from any officials i mean he got a call from the probate the county uh, probate judge telling him that he was the only one to file the paperwork by the deadline and he had become the mayor i mean he had he in in, that's in the probate <laughs> judge yeah that's it and they then advised him to you know select his counsel because in previous years the practice had been that the mayor could appoint um, their council members. So he was advised mm-hmm. to do that. He had been sworn in. His council had been sworn in. So he, you know, followed the protocols that he was supposed to do. Um, but in the background, of course, as as, as we mentioned, um, the previous white le- leadership just didn't want this to happen. Mm. You mentioned that a, a woman, to, a white woman told him when he first became mayor, the town was not ready for a black mayor. I find that kind of strange because the town is 85% black. Yes. I mean, I think, again, it speaks to uh, holding on to, you know, this attitude of the Jim Crow South. While, you know, there weren't, not, to my knowledge, there weren't any necessarily, necessarily um, any laws that were uh, passed by the former white leaders, but this is still a form of, you know, intimidation and harassment to yeah. uh, keep folks from exercising their right to an election or to vote. Um, I think it speaks to what a political professor told me, Christine Slaughter, who is um, at Boston University. Uh, she mentioned that this, you know, what has been going on in this town for decades essentially sends this message about black people knowing their quote unquote place in politics uh-huh. in the town, you know, people knowing what parts of town not to go in, what things not to say, what businesses not to frequent. Mm-hmm. And again, when this, uh, this is just another form of, you know, intimidation that may not look like what it did, you know, in the sixties and seventies, but we have to be aware that this is happening in 2023. And I think, you know, wanting to fight back and, and understanding all of, you know, the power structures that are um, at play 
it factored in the decision of, you know, Patrick Braxton wanted to file a lawsuit, you know, yeah. against the previous white leaders. And I just even think about him telling me, you know, I, he reached out to so many people. He reached out to state leaders. He reached out to, you know, nonprofit organizations, reaching out to so many people who simply just did not respond, according to him. You know, I've even reached out to, you know, the governor and other officials in the state to see if anyone would respond to what's happening. And I even, you know, haven't heard back or gotten a response. But isn't that the story, Ms. Wright? I mean, isn't that the story? (laughs) What we're looking at here is what we're seeing in Mississippi, what we've seen with voter ID laws. I mean, this just seems like this is the way things are done in certain parts of this country, especially after the gutting of the Voting Rights Act in 2013. Did the experts you spoke with think that this is indicative of the kind of black electoral power suppression we're seeing all over this country? Uh, Yes, they did. Um, You know, they mentioned from, you know, the racial terror and violence that black elected leaders during the Reconstruction era experienced to what you mentioned as, you know, voter suppression laws to what we're seeing with restricting, you know, curriculum and even pointing to what recently happened, you know, in the state of Alabama when Republican leaders, you know, basically refused to comply with the um, U.S. Supreme Court's order to redraw their congressional map to include two majority black districts, but the governor only approved one. Um, And I mean, you know, yeah, (laughs) it's all out in the open. They're just doing it because they can. Yeah. And, and, you know, it it makes me think about a a quote um, from state representative Chris England. He's a Democrat in Alabama. And he said, you know, Alabama is the make me state. Throughout, you know, our history, we are more willing to be forced to do the right thing by the courts than do the right thing ourselves. But mm. even in this instance, you know, you know, the, the state isn't even complying with the courts. But, you know, one of my yeah. uh, polit- political experts I spoke to, too, he, he told me, you know, in order to effectuate some sort of change, the federal federal agencies are going to have to get involved, uh, especially, you know, when state officials are not um, are refusing to comply with, you know, uh, the Supreme Court or even, you know, lower courts decisions. And he also mentioned that this is a time to be enraged, to be empowered, to protest, especially speaking in terms of the local community and making sure that their voice you know, does not continue to go unheard. And I think, you know, that's why amplifying this issue at Capital B is so important because, you know, I mentioned to you before we got on air, so many people have reached out to me. I've had emails of people saying, hey, I've reached out to the governor. I've reached out to the um, secretary of state. I've reached out to the fire department, like reaching out to all sorts of agencies to demand some sort of accountability. And I think, That's another reason why things like this have been happening for so long, especially when we think about rural communities, is the lack of accountability. You know, the lack of media media presence, I think, is one. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think so. Yeah, a lack of media presence is one. um, No one to be there to to, uh, you know, document things that's happening um, or, you know, things that need a check and balance. And I think another part of it is. You know, there's been residents, a lot of elders in that community who have shouted to the rooftops, 
and their concerns have continued to go unheard by you know local officials as as we see as well as i mentioned you know some officials within the state but outside of this community and it makes them feel they have been disengaged because of that. And so right. some of the attitude there is, why should I speak up now when this has been, you know, what's been happening for so long? But there is another set of folks there who are energized and, and are happy that, you know, Patrick Braxton has moved forward with this lawsuit. One of the things um, he's planning, as well as with local um, community activists, Mm-hmm. is voter education and registration so that right folks on. are prepared for the next election cycle. So, you know, there's, you know, I would say hope in, you know, just seeing the beauty of the fight still going, despite the fact that, again, for decades, these folks have not had someone to support them or even stand up on their behalf. Were the folks in Newburn you spoke with, were they optimistic that Patrick Braxton might be able to file this civil rights lawsuit and actually be able to to serve as mayor? Or did they feel this is just business as usual? I think initially when the process first started, um, when Patrick Braxton was seeking out, you know, lawyers for to file a lawsuit, I think they were probably not as optimistic just because he had gone through so many lawyers before he, you know, got this last lawyer who actually has been um, making progress on the case. But I I think now with the momentum of the case, Mm -hmm. uh, the awareness about what's going on there, I think people are optimistic that, you know, folks will do the right thing. But again, we are talking about a state like (laughs) Alabama, So um, we will just have to continue the reporting and and see what happens. But we're going to continue to follow this case. Too bad about uh, Space Command, Alabama. Um, Ms. Wright, it is such a great pleasure having you on our show. Again, this is in CapitalBNews.org, which I highly recommend. Um, The piece is called A Black Man Was Elected Mayor in Rural Alabama, But the White Town Leaders Won't Let Him Serve. Aaliyah Wright, what is the best way for our listeners to keep up with you and your work? Yes. So you can go to capitalbnews.org. You can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever it's called <laughs> or Instagram, Facebook, uh, Aaliyah Wright. And, and, and yeah, just Google that and you'll find me there. Very nice. What a great pleasure having you here. Thank you for writing this excellent piece. I've tweeted it out on my or whatever Twitter's called now. Um, please come back anytime. It's really a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back with your calls. Oh, and I know you have thoughts. 866-997-4748. This is Progress. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. If you're just joining us, history has been made. For the first time, a former president has been indicted for the third time. I, yeah, uh, I need someone much smarter and more moral than me to make sense of this. Dr. Tracy Pearson answers the call. She's a legal analyst and consultant you've seen on TV, radio and podcasts or been quoted in Forbes, Fast Company, The New York Post. I've seen her on Cheddar News. I've done News Nation with her. It is a great pleasure to have Dr. Tracy Pearson class up our show yet again. And what a lucky booking we have you tonight. Hi, Tracy. Happy Indictment Day. It's happy indictment day to you. And I have to say that it is always Tuesday when these things happen. I am always given the opportunity to be here on a Tuesday when these things happen. And I am counting the minutes until you come to Los Angeles. Um, that'll be uh, less than 12 hours. I'll be on a plane. So you'll be seeing us very soon. You pointed out to me early today that the indictment, this newest indictment, was exactly 45 pages long. I, I want to believe that's on purpose. I just thought it was really poetic, and I saw it was the first thing I sent you an email and said, 45, that, you know, good job. I really, good job. Nice touch. Nice touch. I mean, I, I, I thought it was a nice touch. I began the show talking about how in the very first line, on the first page of the indictment, in the introduction, that it says the defendant was 45th president, the defendant lost the 2020 presidential election first line they get it out of the way this has been fascinating watching this because i I thought for a long time tracy yes the alvin bragg thing that's it's legitimate it was campaign finance reform he lied and tried to lie to to win an election and he cheated and of course the documents yes there has to be accountability but tracy this is the crime we all saw in real time on tv This is the big one. We watched cops get the hell kicked out of them by men holding Confederate flags over this. And when we talk about the accountability factor, I mean, I think a lot of people, including many Republicans, want to believe that you can't do this and get away with it. I I, got to say, I it's the first one of these things that's actually making me feel kind of moved. And I know there's been a lot of indictments already and there'll be many more to come. This is not the end of it. But what was your first thoughts when you saw the four counts that were handed down? I remember when uh, Rachel Maddow was on TV and she had uh, reported on uh, Robert Mueller being uh, appointed to investigate and her being almost tearful over the idea that somebody was finally fighting for our democracy, for our country. And I have to say that I had a similar moment for myself when this came out, where I remember January 6th, obviously, I remember it just like I remember the Challenger explosion. I just like I remember all of the same things that that your prior guest talked about. And um, I felt incredibly satisfied i was so pleased with the document the document is masterful it is so well written it is anticipatory like a a good lawyer would do uh where it is anticipating arguments that are going to be made and cutting them off before they can be made successfully and um i i was so just satisfied with it that i i took a nap afterwards it was like (laughs) that's done that's done. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack. Now I can rest easy. This is in your nice. hands. 
Nice. Like little Grogu calming the rancor and now need a nap. I, I appreciate yes. that. The The indictment alleges that beginning right after Election Day, Trump perpetrated really three different conspiracies, right, as he tried to throw out legitimate American votes and steal the election. Conspiracy to defraud the U.S. using dishonesty, fraud and deceit to obstruct the counting and certification. Also, conspiracy to obstruct the January 6th certification of the electoral vote and conspiracy to injure, oppress, threaten and intimidate Americans in the free exercise of their right to vote and have their votes counted. Um, Does that pertain to the account of uh, because I'm still trying to understand what some of these counts mean, Um, you know, conspiracy against rights. That's something I've never heard of before. It is. It is a civil rights violation. Uh, when we see the, the Department of Justice bring a, uh, a civil rights violation when uh, there's been um, a, a murder of, of um, a black person, as an example, this is an attempt to violate our civil rights as citizens to have our votes counted. Um, and it is it's it's never happened really to us um, in, you know, especially at, at this level. Um in in present time uh and so it is since this since this statute's been in existence in its current form and so i i that's really what that has to do with it's sort of a basic concept of what happened was he knew that the thing you know that he had lost the thing he knew he had been told repeatedly and 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 people by people he had selected to advise him and i think that is a key component of this document um, because it is, it, it occupies so many paragraphs, and then he went Who out. He and had he to advise him. Yes, go ahead. Yes, and then he went out and he 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 filed lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit and tweeted after tweeted after tweeted, even though he had been told. Now it's fine. In essence, what what Jack Smith has said in through the grand jury is, you can lie, but when you take substantial steps to. Uh, to further that lie and to deceive people and to to take substantial steps towards the commission of now crimes. It's yes. one thing to lie, you know, gee, that dress looks nice. It's another thing <laughs> to, to, to take steps towards the commission of a crime. And that's really what this indictment is about. It's that his lies and his actions combined took steps to commit crimes against the people of the United States. One thing that's really remarkable in this indictment is that um, they use almost three pages, three pages of this 45 page indictment is just the many people, the names of people who told Trump that he really lost. Like the people in his circle who said your claims of election fraud are false. Uh, Pence who personally stood to gain by remaining in office, said no. Uh, senior DOJ leaders that Trump had appointed, John Ratcliffe, Director of National Intelligence, told him, no, you really lost. Department of Homeland Security Cyber Chief Chris Krebs, who said it was the most secure election in history. The senior White House attorneys, the senior Trump campaign officials, state legislators and officials who supported him, state and federal courts, his own attorney general, and his daughter. Why is it so significant that this indictment would give, seriously, three whole pages of just lists of names of people who told Trump he'd really lost. There's a technical reason for that. And the reason for that is that an obstruction of an official proceeding crime does not require intent in the way that uh, you think about, let's say, a murder charge, where you, you, you're you either doing it purposefully, knowingly, negligently, recklessly. Here, 
you don't need that. You just need knowledge. And so what he needed to do was establish that Trump was told. And yes. there that is circumstantial evidence of him having knowledge that he lost. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's so integral to the case to show that he knew he was lying all along because these are conspiracy charges. Now, now, uh, as far as the defense goes, Trump's lawyer, John Lautu, was already on Fox News. What a score booking um, and said, I want prosecutors to try to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Donald Trump believed that these allegations were false. This is what we're hearing, Tracy. They're all going to say, look, Trump legitimately believed that there were real questions and it's not a crime. What do you got a problem with the First Amendment? Snowflake, you can't. I mean, to me, it makes clear. And in the indictment, it makes clear. Donald Trump's statements and things he might have believed are not the crimes he's alleged to have committed. The crime was the effort to disenfranchise voters. It's got nothing to do with what he said or believed. And what I am fascinated about is every time one of these yahoos gets on TV or radio, they 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 put another like they dig deeper. Um, because when when you he hear him say, you know, I'd like to hear them prove that he believed it. So but he didn't did 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 he not believe it and he was lying? I mean, are you helping the DOJ on that one? Or is it that that he truly believed it and and therefore um it doesn't he truly believed it and he wanted to do something about it well who cares dude you lost other people yeah. told you get out on 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 the appointed date and time and he was told that by the white house counsel and the deputy white house counsel he was told yeah. by multiple lawyers there is no world in which you are not leaving on inauguration day that's so true and it's so true it's just utterly absurd and I, what this I mean, is just what the commission did, though, Tracy, isn't it? The, the January 6th committee, one year ago from when we're talking, they spent so much time establishing that so many people in Donald Trump's circle told him that he had lost. So he cannot claim that he was just mistaken or that he really believed he'd won. No. And, John, I got to tell you, I sat here with the in indictment and I sat here with the January 6th report and I sat here and I cross referenced sections of it today and I looked at it and I it, it, look, they've got him dead to rights on this. It, these are his own words, his own tweets. They yeah. have uh, countless witnesses. This is sort of the, the when I say the dream case, what I mean is. Just the evidence is so substantial, so convincing. It is beyond, beyond a reasonable doubt is, yeah, you absolutely freaking did it. And <laughs> this is the type of thing that you, if, if and it, take the content out of it, just take the concept. If this is the type of thing that if, if I had gotten, if I had seen this starting to head towards my client's way, man, I'm grabbing my client by the scruff, shaking them and saying, you need to get on board with a deal now, pre-indictment, and resolve this, or you're going to have some problems on your hands in the form of handcuffs and a jail cell. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have so much I want to ask you about still, Dr. Tracy, but we have a lot of riffraff who's been waiting on hold for a long time. Shall we talk to our evil army of the night? Bring them on. Pit Doc is on hold in the great state of Ohio. Doctor, how are you feeling? Welcome. You, Pit Doc, are you, uh, right? Small things. First of all, I, this is a question about the documents trial. Uh, yes. Why did they fold the the uh, Bedminster document into the the Miami the Florida trial? Because Isn't I'm afraid interesting? some is going to dump that whole trial. I mean, that's what where is it was that? Found. About? But 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 how? 
like it was found in Bedminster, but they never actually executed a search warrant on Bedminster, did they? No, no. It was found. It was it was it was actually found in Florida and he returned it from Florida because it was the National Archives that found it. They have it. Yes, but he showed the document in Jersey. That's the thing. I understand, but it's where the document where where it was when it was returned. So it was returned back. I, and so I it's those charges are being combined down that way for for a strategic reason, um, because oh. the majority of that conduct is in the possession of the document. And he could possess that document in multiple places, but ultimately he had it and he returned it from from uh, Mar-a-Lago. OK, wow. Uh, but what my second point. Yeah, my second point is more important. The Ohio oh, Amendment one next week, next next uh, Tuesday. Uh, yes. I'm calling every week until this gets done. Uh, a new poll that was taken. You know, before they were saying it was 52-29. You know, for no, which is the one you have to vote for to keep the uh, you know the thing at 50-50, uh, the the voting at 50-50. And there was a new poll taken in Ohio, and it said it's like split at 42-41. So don't, people don't think that you can just skip it because it's in the bag. It's not. I don't believe start, polls. Yeah. I, they I don't started believe using, polls. Yeah, they started, uh, it's the first time in a month I've seen a yes ad, and of course they're blaming it on, on communists and, you know, and reprobates, you know. Of course. On, oh, well, it's allowing people to decide for themselves about reproductive health. It's got to be communists. Yeah. One more thing. Right yes. after they announced this, 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 uh, this thing on on August first, which is against the law now, because they passed law saying you can't have you know elections in off years, but they passed they just peer up and had this amendment vote. Uh, two weeks after they changed, they put the vote on the ballot. Uh, somebody changed my polling place. They sent me a postcard saying your polling place is a different thing. Now what this is mean? in an off year. Why did that happen? I'm wondering. I have no idea. It sounds very nefarious. I'm wondering if they're trying I'd to confirm they're, that they're trying to they're trying to bamboozle everybody into you know, you know showing up at the wrong place and then just walking away because it's not the right place. Oy, I don't oy, know. Oy. You're right. No, we're going to have to spend all of next year reminding everyone to double check and triple check your registration to make sure you're going to the right place because they're going to try all manner of fuckery, especially in swing states. Anyway, vote no on August 1st. Vote yes in November for the uh, the amendment for the uh, a- abortion thing, okay? Just, right on. <laughs> I'll next Monday night to just uh, stamp it into everybody's head. Get Mitch on it, too. All, All right. right. I'll get, uh, maybe Mitch just has a thought on that. Thank you so much. i got to say, Dr. Tracy, as scary as it is, we're just coming off of an off-off election year where young people made the difference in Wisconsin Supreme Court voting because of Roe v. Wade. I, in spite of everything, I think it's been so much good for democracy. And that's why I think these indictments are the most important, because we keep talking about how democracy itself is under threat. But that's just liberals in the echo chamber. What this indictment shows is exactly why. And that is going to drive the national debate. I predict to you that we and the folks in the corporate media are going to be talking about these indictments way more than the documents. And I think it's going to remind people what they need to be reminded of, that our democracy is on the chopping block. Absolutely. Um, I think that 
the young people that have have gone out to vote and that that are are starting to galvanize we have to remember i i said i don't like polls i don't believe in polls anymore the polls are screwed i I agree first of all who who did the polls uh was it a kept poll was it an actual legitimate poll what was the science behind it but but importantly they unless they're using cell phone numbers okay they're not calling the majority of the world in in the united states or the majority of the people in the united states because i don't have a link Line. They're not calling me. That's correct. And they're not calling the vast majority of the voters, and and especially the younger voters who are are in the first in line saying, "I'm." You doing sound this. surprised about this. Wait, you're you're telling me that the establishment has these polls, but they're skewed, and they call during dinner hours, but mainly landlines, which implies older people, and that is the paradigm they're using to tell us that Donald Trump is way more popular than he actually is, why it's almost like the aristocracy that controls this country wants another tax cut, and they don't care who gives it to him. Exactly. I'm surprised by none of this. Look, I mean, President Biden is going to be canceling how many billion dollars worth of student loans I, I are you telling me that he's not very popular right now or that he's well, but in a, that, I a mean, death match here? If anything, capitalism so. should be thrilled about that. If anything, they should be thrilled. Again, it's 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 not Wall Street that's mad about student loan debt. That's putting more money in people's pockets to buy stuff. It's just right wing people who hate the idea of you not being completely molested by interest rates for your student loan payments, because that's all it is. He's not trying to make anyone get a free college education. People have already paid for their degree. This is paying the offensive interest that is driving oh. people into financial desperation and keeping them from buying houses for years after. I have what? my student loans. I have $400,000 worth of interest on my student loans. Don't oh even get God. me started. Read oh my, my article God. in my Substack. No. It's a fascinating yeah. article. No, I, I, I just buy- can't even. Hey, hey, oh. I once I once hosted America's Funniest Home Videos for two seasons <laughs> to pay off my girlfriend's student loans. So I, I, believe me, I, I don't want you to sink as low as I did. But that's that's actually why I why yeah. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Brian, Brian in Oregon, you've been on hold forever. Thank hey, you so you much for your patience. Uh, Only since the Grover Cleveland administration. Uh, there you go. The, the, the um, second Grover Cleveland in, in administration. You yeah, haven't been on the hold that long. Third time around. The. Yeah. Uh, um. What a what a day! I, I uh, was giddy. Uh, um, every I heard other people uh, like commentators saying it was a sad day. We got <laughs> this former president, you know, indicted, and I'm thinking, thank God our fucking system held up and yeah. uh, indicted well, we'll this see. guy. Yeah, and it should be celebrated. I agree. Yes, yes, I, I mean, yes. I tweeted that. I might, I might, I might hold back for the conviction, but you know, I'll, 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 I'll have a chuckle. It, mer- it, it merits a titter. And my great, <laughs> and my uh, great fantasy is Harrison Ford shooting out the uh, wheels on Trump's plane as he's trying to get to Moscow. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm sorry, Tracy. I've been pushing this image. There, somewhere, there is a fully gassed-up jet filled with suitcases, <laughs> filled with cash, and a couple of changes of clothes and toupee waiting for the Trump family when they have to go. And yeah. there are seats for least, all the Trump family except for Eric and Jared. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's it, maybe not Ivanka, given her, her intent to, to separate herself from all of this. Um, but I think that absolutely that there has to be some sort of plan if it gets too hot. I don't know that Melania is going to go. I think she just might stay and she might I do that she might divorce too. in well, absentia. I think she's going to parachute out over Slovenia. 
We will <laughs> never know, friend. Listen, stay healthy. Please stay healthy. Try to live a long life because you want to be there years from now when they've all gone so we can actually, when someone publishes the terms of their prenuptial agreement, we'll learn all about what was really going on with that business merger. Exactly. And and Pit Dog had the wrong, he said August 1st, it's August 8th in Ohio. Okay, you're right. Oof, thanks. um, Hey, um, listen, I got to ask you something else. A lot of speculation, Tracy has been pointed towards the six alleged co-conspirators who are not named in the document and they're not indicted, but they were part of Trump's criminal efforts to steal this election. And all night long, people have been guessing who they are. Clearly, conspirator one is Giuliani, the attorney who knowingly spread false claims. Co-conspirator number two is John Eastman, attorney who sought to use Pence's ceremonial role counting the electoral votes to obstruct certification. People think conspirator three is Sidney Powell, et cetera, et cetera. It's interesting that their names were not released. Does it seem to you like this is because they want to put the squeeze to these people and see if any of them are going to be willing to play ball and possibly flip before they get indicted themselves? They could be already in the process of negotiating uh, agreements. We know that Giuliani sat for uh, several hours for a proffer interview um, with the the uh, special counsel and, and and investigators, and so I think that they could be in the process of um, negotiating those agreements uh, for some sort of immunity in exchange um, for testimony and and cooperation, and um, that wouldn't be unusual. I, I think that that's different from. Um, them putting it out there as as a quote squeeze i think it could be in process and if it falls through um jack smith wants to have the ability to then go and do a superseding indictment to bring that person into a public right. sphere right so i mean all six of these names will either be indicted themselves or somehow they won't be and we'll find out why presumably i mean this is an all-star roster here sydney powell whoo there, there would be no reason not to indict them, but for a, a immunity agreement where they cooperate. Um, and, and several of these folks are in jeopardy. I mean, Eastman has been fighting his, his disbarment oh, yeah. um, here in California, I think. Um, uh, you know, Powell, I think, was disbarred in another state. Um, yes. These folks, um, frankly, have, have nothing to lose at this point except their own liberty. Um, by not cooperating. And so I do think that as in Mar-a-Lago, we'll see a superseding indictment. And we should all really understand that these indictments today are just chapter one, right? It really does seem like we should be expecting more indictments, potentially more indictments against Trump to roll out as well in the days and weeks to come. Potentially, uh, depending on, uh, you know, again, it, it, with the Mar-a-Lago case, we, we saw a superseding indictment come out because of uh, a document that it had to get approval through various channels, agencies, um, it, to determine whether they wanted to to use that document and to expose that document to possibly public dissemination as part of the discovery process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, so they held back on that. And then finally, I think what they did was they got the approvals and they said, yeah, no, we got this. We can we can prove this one beyond a reasonable doubt. And then and then they brought the superseding indictment. I think here um, that that this is a really tight case 
Um, and it's a really tight case so that that it makes it very difficult for Trump to wiggle out of this. It is right. it is built by his own words, his uh, own decisions, his own uh, actions. Oh, say it again. Say it again. <laughs> Stephen in Kentucky, you're on with Dr. Tracy. Good evening and welcome. Stephen, my friend, how are you? Well, I'm doing all right. I'm getting ready to move after 26 years of, in this home. So, oh. it's, uh, yeah, I um a little bit bittersweet with that, you know, so uh, dealing with that issue right okay. now. And um, John, you forgot somebody on the death list, dear. I have to mention this. Inga Svensson. Yes, we Inga Svensson died this day. Yes. I she didn't did. even know. She certainly did. She certainly I never did. do deaths. And I always talk about I always talk about when they were born. But Inga Svensson of, of Inga Svensson of TV's Benson, which right. Well, she, she was on Benson, but she also was in The Miracle Worker. And she was uh-huh. uh, she did some Broadway work as well over the years. Um, and she was a wonderful actress. She was. Um, I, I'm sorry I missed it. I, I got that today is Coolio's 60th birthday. I, I did get that. Yeah, yeah, I remember you mentioning that. But I did want to just mention that about Miss Swenson, I did. Um, You know, I hope for Trump's sake, and I say this as somebody who lost a father several years ago of a stroke, I hope for Mr. Trump's sake that he does not end up like J. Paul Getty and that he dies alone. And as much as I dislike this man... I wouldn't want anybody to die alone. And that's where he's headed, I'm afraid. I really I am, because he is so self-destructive. Hmm. He, he's, he, that's what's really sad about this whole situation. I, I remember him from years ago, the Donald Trump game, of course. Yes. And yes. When he'd go on Oprah Winfrey's show with his ex-wife, Ivana Trump. At least back in those days, as much as I dislike him today, he had coherent thought. He had charisma back in those days. And now, the only thing I can think of with him is with reality television, that he has bought into so much of this delusion. And and also... I know. I, like I, I I'm remember. sorry. I can remember being a kid watching this guy and knowing he was a dope and understanding that this guy was trying way too hard to impress me when I was just like yeah. a teenager. So I, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think you need to think about the pro wrestling factor. PBS's Frontline, they did back in 2016 of Trump and Hillary, pointed this out that when Donald Trump first discovered pro wrestling and realized this was a means for him to reach the masses, yeah. only he could see a path to the White House. And it sounds stupid. But we got a lot of stupid in this country, and it was just enough. And pro wrestling is what taught him how to model the kind of campaign he wanted to run after he had failed running for president with the Reform Party. Well, we do. But, you know, I will. uh, One thing I'm going to mention, too, when I've been trying out for this congressional district office director position, I will say, you know, one of the things that they said to me is, well, it's too competitive. And I mentioned to this woman, exactly what do you mean by that, dear? It's too competitive. I mentioned to her, based on what you wrote on that page, you're an equal opportunity employer. You're looking Mm -hmm. for diversity within your workplace. So simply because I'm not a carbon copy clone of candidate B and C, what, I don't matter? I said, first of all, I've run a home for nine years, a large home, and that's office experience. I started electioneering when I was 11 years old from Michael Dukakis, I did. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, I have connections of my own. One of my dearest friends worked for Ricky Lake when she was living in New York. No. 
Wow. Oh, yes. One of my, wow. She worked for the Ricky Lake show at one time, and not to mention that she has connections with Tyler Perry in Atlanta, she does. Oh, so no. It's not, like I, it's not like I don't know, uh, some, have some of my own connections. And you know I, us. I, I, you know us. You're connected yeah, to exactly. us as well. You know, I can exactly. I can hook you up. Who do you want? To, I mean, I can get you Donnie Most of Happy Days. I can I could probably get I don't you. I uh, so. Ty Babylonia. I can probably no. <laughs> Tyler Perry's done this show. Stephen, I love you, but I, I got I got to run. Okay. Um, listen. Good luck with the move, and let us know if we can help. I'll send Chris over. Okay. Eight six six nine nine seven forty seven. Doctor Tracy, can you hang with us until the top of the hour? Absolutely. Quick little break. We'll be right back with your calls and your thoughts. We're at eight six six nine nine seven forty seven forty eight. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Dr. Tracy, what, what's going on with Lizzo? I, I, I open up my Twitter, or whatever the hell it's called, to find out about the <laughs> indictment, and, and I see just Lizzo is in trouble and trending uh, until the word gets in that Trump's indicted again. What did Lizzo yeah. do to get in trouble? Oh, uh, well, it's alleged that uh, she engaged in a uh, hostile work environment or created a hostile work environment, um, her and her, I think, her dance captain. Um, and uh, also... Um, there's an allegation of sexual harassment having to do with uh, three dancers um, and the work environment created on on a tour that she was on uh, having to do with, I think, an ex- what they're calling, I think, an exotic dance club or a strip club um, and, and conduct that that person allegedly endured or those people that allegedly endured by the crowd um, in order to, to convince uh, one of them at least to touch another woman. Uh, who is a dancer um, at that club. I, I think that, that her and, and both uh, Lizzo and, and Cardi B are in the same situation where uh, they got to be careful about how they use their power. You know that right. I'm a big, uh, big deal, you know, researcher when it comes to um, abuse of power and implicit bias and all of those things. And this mm-hmm. is a situation where when you have power, don't abuse it. And if you're Tough. holding the microphone, don't toss it at somebody because maybe you got sloshed with a drink. You don't have the right to escalate that. Right. And when you're the person in charge, when it's your name on the tour, be really careful about how you're behaving yeah. and how your other people are behaving. Let's keep in mind, though, these these cases, these cases are going to go away. Right. I mean, three different backup dancers accusing Lizzo was bad, but someone's going to make a phone call. A check will be cut and this story is going to disappear. Right. Insurance coverage is a nice thing. Yeah. There we go. Hey, Mike in Michigan, we can take you really quick. Thank you so much for waiting on hold. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Dr. Pearson, uh, John, uh, 
I had just a quick question. Please. What do you think of the, the trial should be televised? Uh, at least yeah. it, should be rec- it should be recorded at least, but I believe That's it should true. be televised. And it'd be like big-time wrestling. People would watch. I mean, there'd be... And I've got relatives that still believe big time wrestling is real. For Tracy, I think he's right. I mean, the 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 documents case is not going to be televised. That Trump appointed judge has already said it won't be. I think Supreme Court justice hearing should be televised. I think if we pay for it, we deserve to see our civics in play on TV. But what do you think? You don't have a right to it. You have a right to a public trial. That right belongs to the defendant, not to the people in the country. Um, so that's something that people need to keep in mind. I think that there are pluses and minuses to both. I think that having cameras in the courtroom uh, is an accountability feature and for us to understand and learn about how our system works. I think that it also can impact outcomes. We saw it with Judge Ito in the O.J. Simpson trial, and we saw a lot of performative stuff go on there, just like we saw with the Johnny Depp case and Amber Heard. That's right. Hey, Mike, we're out of time, but I thank you very much for the call. Tracy, how do our listeners follow you? At Tracy Explains Everywhere and at Dr. Tracy Explains on Substack. Thank you, Dr. Pearson. Thank you, Aaliyah Wright. Thank you, Natalia Reagan. Three great female guests tonight. Three gay guys tomorrow. Bob Seska, Max Burns, and Keith Price. It's going to be an interesting day, so keep it tuned to progress all day long. I'm John Fugel saying thanks for listening. Be safe. Peace. Peace. 